0: It's it's been exciting what God is doing in our midst. And I I just wanted to just do a few pastoral housekeeping before before we I go into the preach. Oftentimes when when the Lord is moving in a place, it's it's very easy to just spectate. It's very easy to just n- not to engage. It's very easy to almost look like, oh, it's for some a few people not knowing that. The move of God is for everyone. Yes. As since we came back to meeting in person, since we've been running with this prophetic word, we believe so strongly that as a, as a church, it's a season where God wants to take us to another level. Yes. And oftentimes when God is trying to do things like that, he, he makes changes. But the challenge is, is either you connect with it or you just spectate. And I don't know about you, I just want, I feel God saying I should encourage you this morning. Please don't just look in. Make up your mind to connect with what the Lord is doing. When opportunities come for prayer, go for it. Don't struggle in silence. There's a grace, there's a corporate anointing of God over us as a church in this season. I don't know if you've been keeping track on the sermon that has been preached since we came back. God is with us. Last week, Sean gave a clarion call that we are going again. We are not going to be lukewarm. It's time for us to rise again, to purify ourselves and go again. But the question is, oftentimes with things like this, a lot of people are like, it's not for me. I've struggled with this. It's, this is my burden. I don't think I'll ever be free. It's not for people like me. But God is here. So please, could you lean in? Could you lean into your life group? Lean into your RFC3 if you're in one. Lean into prayer meetings. Lean into responses during sermons. Because it's not about the present preaching. It's about God doing what he wants to do. I'm always encouraged by, by Saul. Saul was not a prophet. But when Saul got in the midst of prophets, he started prophesying. There's something about the corporate anointing. There's something about when you are with the wise, your wisdom deposits upon you. There's something about when you are people that love God. It's almost infectious. Something comes upon you. So leverage on this corporate community we have. That's what I'm appealing for. Amen? Amen. Great. So we're going to the preach. Um, I, this, today, I'm continuing the sermon series. Last week, Sean had to take a pause because of the celebration and and do a big teaching and where we are and going again and so today I'm going to be continuing on two Sundays ago I think Andy set the tone and 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 for this sermon so we're looking at the book of Daniel and we're looking at living as exiles in 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 Babylon will and and I painted the picture it's almost like a type we are exiles in our own Babylon the world we are living in today so I'm going to the topic of my, my preach today is take a stand, take a stand and take a stand and not compromise, take a stand. So it's, it's going to get to you at various levels, but the, the whole plan is after this preach that God speaks to you, God encourages you again, and you're fired up again to go for him. And, and let's pray. Supernatural father, we thank you because you're here. We thank you because your presence is here. Thank you because you're a good father. Thank you because you love us. And thank you for what you're doing in our lives. We are just delighted to be, to be loved by you. We thank you for amazing grace that saved us. I, I just thank you. And I pray, Lord, as I speak your word today, speak through me to encourage your people. And I just pray that you, you will do what you do best in our lives and we pledge to return all the glory to you in jesus name amen so the text of my teach- preach this morning is daniel chapter one i'm not going to read the whole 21 verses but i'm just going to pick a couple of verses as we look at daniel chapter one um the first thing i i want to say is god has an agenda god has a purpose and God's purpose is clearly stated in Revelation chapter 11 verse 15. It says, "The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever." That's God's agenda, to make the kingdom of this world to become the kingdom of our Lord Jesus and of his Christ, and he wants to reign forever and ever. So eventually when Jesus Jesus returns, the whole world becomes the kingdom of our Christ, of, of the Lord and of his Christ, and he will reign. But before then, he has placed us here to bring forth his kingdom in our various spheres. I just wanted to set that tone. One of the primary reasons why we are followers of Jesus is not just to go to heaven. It's to bring God's kingdom here on earth. It's very important that we all know that. And similar like Daniel, we are like in Babylon. Daniel was in exile. The church is almost like the minority in, in, in Britain as we speak. Before, it wasn't like that. This is, there's no need to mourn about, oh, the church is like losing its. No, we are not. The church has always been a minority, but God has always used it to, to fulfill his agenda. So it's very important for us not to look like, oh, the church is losing its place. No, the church will always be relevant. Do you know why? Because the person who owns the church, is immortal, invisible, the only wise God. His kingdom is internal, So the church is unshakable. It might not be in the form and shape of the 60s, 70s, where everybody comes to church on Sundays, where, but the church is so strong and real today. It's just that the expression is different. And this is very important so that we don't come from a defeatist mentality Oh, we are losing ground. We are not. The church of Jesus is marching. He said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So God is working. So I just wanted to set that tone. Now, when Andy was setting the stage, he said, Daniel was in exile, just like Daniel, we, we, the children of God, in, in Reading, we're in exile. In our respective places of work, in our communities, Andy mentioned three things as elders that we believe in court to happen in this term. I want to see if we're good students. Can anyone call us the first one if you're confident? It starts with a C. Say it boldly if you're courage. All right. Thank you. <laughs> courage the next one starts with a w wisdom let's say it with gusto with confidence and the last one starts with s spirituality with believing god that we're going to grow in wisdom in courage and in spirituality this time so if you've not had an expectation for this time can i encourage great one this time i want to grow in courage I want to grow in wisdom. I want to grow in spirituality. We're going to see that in this text. What, that is what we believe in God for. Now, uh, the first thing I just want to read, verse, verses 1. The, the verses 1 of Daniel chapter, Daniel chapter 1 talked about the children of Israel were forced away from their own. They were besieged. The, the, I want to dwell in that word, besieged. How many of us feel besieged? It appears that we are in bondage, where we can not live life as the word of God commands us, where the standards, the values we know through the teaching of the Bible seems to be eroding, where truth has become subjective. I don't know if you hear this phrase. It's your truth. It's my truth. Is, you know, is your truth. Everyone has truth. And, and it's increasingly begin. It's even some of us, the convictions we have, we're starting to doubt it. Is it real, still true? Is it real? And, and, and that's the challenge. Right? We feel besieged. We're in Babylon. But Jesus, none of this takes him by surprise. He's clearly stated in several verses in the Bible that the last days, many things are going to happen, which are happening. So none of this is by surprise. But he gave an unequiv- unequivocal answer in John fourteen six. He said, Don't get it wrong. This issue about subjective truths, your truth, my truth. Jesus said in John 14, 16, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Jesus is truth. Jesus is it. Don't get it wrong. Jesus is the truth. As followers of Jesus, the truth is Jesus. It's not what the world says, it's not what, it's not what philosophy says. The truth is Jesus. And Jesus is the word of God. So the truth is the word of God. I just wanted to set that to let's not mix it up. Jesus is truth. He's the way, the truth, and the life. This season does not take God by surprise. I like, I want to read something in 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 to 5. In the last days, people will be lovers of selves, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, ungrateful. We see all of this in our societies today: unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That's what is classic. You know, there's pleasure addiction. People just whatever makes you feel good. That's the reality of our times. But the truth is, as believers, God is calling us to be those that love Him and not love pleasure. Because pleasure doesn't satisfy. It doesn't. It doesn't satisfy. You can get all the pleasure you want and you still be empty. You can get all the pleasure you want in this world and still be empty. Because it's only Jesus that can satisfy you. Nothing. Please, can I plead with you this morning? Don't wait to experience it. Because when you wait to experience you get all the pleasure you have, get all the money you have, you'll still be empty. It's only Jesus that can satisfy. And living as exiles, we must understand that. That and not be swept by popular culture and swept by what is on trend. Because that thing is transient, it's ephemeral, it's temporal, it's not going to give you life. This is the truth. No matter the fact that we are minority, it's okay because God is always good in using few to do a lot. So we don't need everyone to change. We don't, God wants everyone to be saved. But the truth is he can do his work through the remnants, the few that are remaining. And this was what God did with Daniel. Despite the fact that they were foreigners, God used them to achieve his kingdom, to bring his kingdom. And that's what God wants to do in your sphere in your place of work in your community but you need to understand that that god is good at using small to achieve great the foolish things the wise god that's how he is so let's be encouraged to know that no matter what is happening in our world today we are the remnant if you're a follower of jesus you are enough god can walk through you to bring his kingdom in your sphere but the challenge is how we operate and that's why the sermon is take a stand Are we ready to take a stand? Let's go to verses 8 of our text. And Daniel resolved that he will not defile himself with the king's food or with the wine that he drank. That's from the English Standard Version. The New Living Translation says, But Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. I love The the translation said that he resolved, but Daniel resolved in his heart. I just want us to take a pause. Daniel made a decision in his heart. He took a stand not to defile himself with the king's meat. By the way, remember, they came as foreigners to this land and they were on a training. three years. They were going to be on training. They were to eat the king's wine, drink, I mean, drink the king's wine, eat the king's meal. It was... It was like a no-brainer. You're coming from the king. This is the, like the best wine, the best. But Daniel proposed in his heart that he was not going to defile himself with a king's meat. One of the first things I want to say to us this morning is what purpose, what de- decision have you made in your heart? It all starts from the heart. What have you decided We're living in a very difficult... The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. What are you making? What decision are you making? It starts from your heart. Check it. Anytime you fall to temptation, it starts from the heart. Can you make a decision right now that I want to take a stand for Jesus? In a generation where a lot of people, the standards are eroding, I want to be different. I want to take a stand. It starts from the heart. It starts from the heart. You see, you can't... You can't sit down and it just happen. This didn't just happen. This, this What Daniel did, from his heart. Remember, he took that decision in his heart. Nobody was there in his heart. He proposed in his heart. Now, when you, you see, the, the way it works, is it starts from your heart. What you think about leads to, to actions. Those actions become habits. You know, and those habits become your lifestyle. So it starts from the heart. When you take a decision to stand for God, look at what happened. Verses 9, God gave him favor. If first of all, in verses 8, he decided, then in verses 9, God intervened even in a system where the culture was anti-God, God gave him favor before the you But first was the decision. The point I'm making is we have to take a stand first in your heart. That Lord, even if everyone in this neighborhood, it's not going to follow you. I choose to follow you. When you make that decision, God is going to give you favor. Basically, God is going to help you to achieve it. But the question is, many of us are not resolved in our hearts. You're just like anything we go. We become men pleasers. We're so conscious of pleasing people than pleasing God. Now, one I kept when I was meditating on this verse, I said something there's something that excites me about Daniel. He had a relationship. This decision didn't come from nowhere. Before he came to Babylon, he had a thriving, active relationship with God. He knew God's standard, he knew God's commandment. So when he came to Babylon, before he even came, he was able to take that position. Now the question is, do you even know the standards of the kingdom? Do you know what God expects from you? Are you grounded in your understanding of that? Because that's what is going to help you to take a stand. You can't take a stand when you don't even understand what you're expected to take a stand for. Yeah, good. And that's and in, a, in a society that is increasingly be- truth, it's now subjective, there's a lot of gray areas. It becomes very important that we should know what the truth of God's word is saying on various issues. So, we need to become ardent students of the Bible. Right? What do we come here to do every Sunday? It's to learn, to know what's the truth. When you read your Bible on a daily basis, it's to learn so that you know what to take a stand on. Because that's the basis on which you take a stand. I love a scripture and I'm going to read it to you Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 20. So, it said, But let him who boasts, boast in days that he understands. And knows me that I am the Lord who practices steadfast love, justice, and righteousness on the earth. He said, Let him that boast, don't boast on your bank account, don't boast on your house that you just bought, don't boast in your qualification, don't boast in any of these things. He said, Boast that you understand and know me. That you understand and know me. So let's take those two words understanding. Understanding, I love that word because it's made up of two words under and stand. The question is, under what are you standing? Under what conviction are you standing? Because if you are going to be like Daniel in Babylon to say, I propose in my heart not to defile myself with the king's word, there has to be something under you that you're standing. There has to be a solid conviction based on revelation that you're, you know in your Noah, you know that this is what God has said, and because of my relationship with him, I will not compromise. It's good. It's good. It comes from the place of understanding. And he says that, that he understands and knows me, knowledge. That that's the next And this knowledge is not just head knowledge. This is not just knowledge that you get through your head. It's a heart knowledge, a revelational knowledge that is exposed by the Spirit of God, revealed by the Spirit of God. This is, I don't know, I don't know if I have a witness, but have you been there? You've read a Bible verse several times in your life and suddenly one morning, something just jumps from it. This is something you've read over and over. Suddenly your eyes are open. Whoa, this truth comes. That's the truth that sets free. It's not the head knowledge. Suddenly your eyes is open. This was what Paul was praying in Ephesians chapter one, verse 18. He says that the eyes of your understanding might be enlightened. To know, it's that knowing that makes you to be able to take a stand and not compromise in a generation where standards are falling. But if you don't have that revelation, at the slightest pressure, you're going to fall. At the slightest opposition, you're going to fall. But when you know him, there's a revelation of him that it now becomes an audience of one, that you care less about what other people feel. The, the danger of our generation is we're too conscious of people i don't want to offend this person but when you have a revelation of who god is it's not about people anymore it's about him and that was what paul i mean what that was what daniel understood so he was able to take a stand it was so easy that when he was in this situation yes he was learning the culture learning the language but on this i'm not going to do that it was so clear because he had a relationship he had an understanding he had knowledge can i challenge you this morning what do you know about this god what do you know this is a clear this term is a season for you to go back to your bible and dust it up and say what what do i know as a parent what is god's word saying about parenting As, as a father what's god saying about being a father what's god's word saying being as a spouse a wife what's god's word saying as a student and take a stand You don't need to wait for the temptation to come or the challenges. Take a stand now. Take a stand that Jesus, I'm going to stand for you. I'm going to be among the few that will glorify you, that will represent and obey you as much as I'm able. When you take that stand, God gives you favor. He gives you favor and wisdom and courage to be able to, to build on that. Because the courage we saw Daniel walked in, the wisdom we saw was from his spirituality. And when I say spirituality, it's not about do's and don'ts. It's about a relationship with Jesus. Just having an active relationship with Jesus. When you have the active relationship with Jesus, it helps you to understand him. It helps you to know him. That revelation makes Jesus bigger than every other thing. He becomes the center and the core of your life for which you can take a stand on. That you're ready to even die for your conviction in him. That's what this revelation that people had. I don't know if you've read the stories in old times that some people have been buried alive and they were singing. I, every time I meditate on it, it's, it sends me shivers. You're being buried alive for believing in, in, in a faith and they're singing. They're being buried alive and they're singing and God did not even save them. They died. They're buried alive. But after that, revival broke in those settings because they had seen something. There's something about God you see that the taste of sin dies. Oh, yeah, come on. There's something, the knowledge of the holy that suddenly it's not exciting because he's more interesting. His, his love is more encompassing. It's more rewarding and fulfilling. You've gotten a glimpse of that and it keeps you. It helps you to take a stand. It helps you to take a stand. I, didn't, I just feel like speaking to the young people. And this, this story I'm about to share, please don't take it personal. I, I'm not trying to make anything big. I just want to say it's possible. Many When I was a teen, growing up in Nigeria, in my neighbor, I just saw a lot of people sleeping around. Sleeping around. And, it just, and it just hits me that if God looks up from heaven and sees somebody that is not doing any of this thing, God will be happy with that person. You know what I did? I just made a, I took a stand. I said, God, make me that person. I don't want to sleep around. I made that prayer and made that took that stand in my heart. I said, God, I, don't, I, won't, I know it's going to be hard, but I made that. God answered. God came true. And God helped me. I didn't sleep around. I married as a virgin at 30. I'm not saying that to condemn anybody. But I'm just trying to say that it's possible. Because there's grace in God for that. If you take a stand that you want to glorify him, he's going to give you the grace to do it. And for you that maybe you've fallen short already, this psalm, the beauty about this, there's grace to rededicate yourself, to come back, to take a stand. Please don't condemn yourself. It's not about condemning you. God wants to give you grace. There's grace. It's possible. The moment Daniel said, I will not defile myself, he got favor. As I, I, so I kept meditating, I, ne, take note, Daniel did not go about fighting the Babylonians or judging them. You remember the Bible says we shouldn't judge. It's not in our place to judge people. We can't change anybody, but we can take a stand for what we believe in and stay with your conviction in an honoring and respectful way. Daniel was not disrespectful to the Babylonians. You know, he stayed with successive governments. Obviously, if he was disrespectful with them, he wouldn't have survived even once, you know. He respected their views, but he knew his own position and took his stand. This is very important. So we are not about going to start fomenting trouble. That's why wisdom is key. If you notice, he called the chief um, um, eunuch aside and said, I'm not going to be able to eat this meal. And the wisdom of God at display gave him a solution and told why, why don't you try us on beans and water for 10 days? That's wisdom of God in display. He called the man aside and told him. He wasn't making a. oh, you guys, why are you doing that? Condemning them and judging them. How can you be doing that? He didn't do that. That's why wisdom is very important. You don't need to make people feel like you're holier than thou. You're the righteous. You're, it's about, this is what I know about Jesus and my walk with him. He doesn't want me to do that, and I'm not going to do that. I take a stand on that. And you can do whatever you want to do, but this is what I'm. I don't judge you for doing that. Who am I to judge you? But I, I. This is my position. We need to do that. We need to do that. We can't want to please people, and at the expense of Jesus said something that interested me. He said, "Why are you worried about those that cannot kill your soul and body? You're you worried about pleasing them. You should be more worried about me because I owe the keys to your life and death." So it's about pleasing it. So let's break from this consciousness of trying to please people. Let's choose to please God. Respect people. Honor people. Yeah. Don't judge people. You know at times you don't judge people but you have a judgmental tone. Don't do that either. God doesn't want us to do that. Just be, stake your stand for what you believe he says about various issues and work on that. Ask him for wisdom. This is difficult because a lot of nuance there are things that are not clearly spelt in the Bible. That's why the Holy Spirit comes in. He helps you with practical wisdom. This is how, what you should do. Somebody shared a testimony earlier and, and talked about wisdom. I, I can't remember it. I, I remembered when I sat down. And it's so key that we need wisdom on how to engage in Babylon. You can't judge people. You can't be so high-handed. You have to be loving. You have to be tender. But be clear in your conviction and be resolute you know in your it starts from your heart when you make that decision in your heart then god gives you the enablement to be able to apply wisdom and the courage i keep thinking think about this daniel 15 year old in having the courage to take that step and i feel somebody is here today that like you need to take a courage guess what daniel did it early as soon as they got they did it did it early he took his stand and don't procrastinate taking your stand when you get to any spec, be bold and courageous to declare early your position. As, you don't need to be offensive about it. Take note of the tone. But sorry, I, I'm sorry, I will not be able to do that because of my faith. I, I'm sorry, in a very respectful way. I, I don't. And body language—it's you know, communication is just 15% of words. Your body must not judge people as well. <laughs> you know, there's a way you look at people like, oh, who does that? You know. <laughs> Don't judge people. It's not in your place to do that. We can't change anybody. It's only the Holy Spirit that does. Look at the way you were changed. It was the Holy Spirit that walked in your heart. So who says he's not going to come to walk in the hearts of those people further down the line? But just be graceful. Can I encourage you to take a stand? I was going to make a comment on courage. Some of us here this morning, God wants us to take courage. Courage to come back home. I just feel so strongly that you have been maybe during lockdown you, you feel you felt you messed up and you you fallen that God is not going to accept that's not true God accepts he still loves you I feel the courage is to come back home you might somebody might be here online watching you might need to take a courageous step to come back home that you have not dead shows that God still loves you <laughs> I know you feel so condemned and guilty but the truth is, he still loves you. Come back home. Take that courageous step and come back home. And some are here just hearing the story I shared, maybe about my personal. Story, and you're feeling already condemned. Oh, I've messed up. There's grace for, for God to start again with you. So there's courage to go again. There's a the courage to to like, like Paul and like Sean told us last week to purge ourselves, to, to, to purify ourselves and go again. There's courage for that. And I want to encourage you, when moments of prayer come, please go for it and say, I want to rededicate myself to you, Jesus. I want to do that. Then for, for the last thing on courage, are for those of us that God has been nudging you to do something, to take a stand. You know, people are not even sure where you stand. You know, be clear about it. You know, ah, they, would, they would judge me. They would, th- they would think I'm a weirdo. We are not weirdos. You are not. You're just a follower of Jesus, and it's okay to be different. We, we, we don't have to follow popular culture. You know, be clear. Be courageous to say your positions. I mean, oh, was Sunday. Some of us can't say we went to church. It was a great time in God's presence. Many of us struggle to say that. Just, that's where it starts. With. Be you. Be authentic self you know, in God. Poor Daniel, was that all true? I won't go into that because the sermon series, we're going to cover all of that. Daniel, was his because of who he knew God was, he took his stand and was unapologetic about it, but at the same time, respectful of people, was not judgmental, and was still bringing influence. Can I encourage young people to go for God? Take a stand for him. There's a remnant that have escaped the house of Jacob. The Bible says they take root downwards so that they can bear fruit upwards. We're going to pray in a minute. And as parents, take a stand to raise your children. 22 verse 6 of Proverbs says, train up a child in the way that he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. I'm a testimony to that verse. Many people around are testimonies to that verse. The responsibility is for you to train your child. I think about Daniel. The work had been done, whether his parents, I don't know what, but was done even before he got to Babylon. It's our responsibility to train our kids. We must not allow social media to train them. It's your responsibility. And guess what, parents? i give you this. Don't, you, you don't, it's not rocket science to train your kids in the way of the Lord. You know the best way to train your kids in the way of the Lord? You just, you just follow God. You live it. You practice it. You do it. As they see it, it stays. It goes beyond what you say. So it's a challenge for us to live the life. Because when we do it, it's so easy. It's contagious. Kids see. As I remember seeing my father waking up early to pray. I just saw him reading his Bible. I saw that from when I was young. So that's the most effective way to train a child. It's to follow, lead the life of example. We need that because this is the generation after that we take over of Jesus' diary. So we have a responsibility to train them by modeling Christ to them. This is part of... There are so many teachings. Sean talked about money. You know, part of taking a stand is taking a stand to use your money to glorify God. That money will not be my God. Uh, money is a, is a great tool, but a horrible master. Uh, you, know, you know, money... Would, I will not serve money. Money... I will train my heart. I give. 638 of Luke. Give, I need to be given unto you. Good measure. Press down. Shaking together. There's something about giving. It forces your heart not to depend on money. You know, there's a balance about that. That's where budgeting comes, planning and all that. This, those are, all have their places. But the point is, find what the truth of God's word has said and take a stand on it. As you stand on it, God will give you the wisdom and the courage. My, the summary of the sermon is, it all starts from a relationship with God. If you don't have it, you can be courageous. If you don't have it, you can walk in wisdom because there's a lot of nuanced circumstances we face on a daily basis that you need Holy Spirit, active relationship with for wisdom. At times, some, some situations you find yourself, you literally there, you're praying, Lord, what do I say? What do I say? And the Holy Spirit just gives you what to say that saves the day because people want to put you in a spot. People want to judge you. Want to, there's a lot of cancel culture. There's a lot of things happening that you need the wisdom of God to navigate the generation we're in. And that's so possible with relationship with him. So I encourage you this morning, if you're here and not a follower of Jesus, please, could you make today a good day to make a commitment to follow You've been around, you've been around. He's been nudging you. This is a great day to make a commitment to follow Jesus. He will do you good. Nothing satisfies like Jesus. Make a commitment today. If you want today, I'll be around in the prayer section. We're going to have moments to pray. I've already sp- spent more time than I should. So, but is going to come in a moment, and I want us to respond. God, give me courage to take a stand for you. Give me revelational knowledge, a fresh appetite for your word. Open my eyes to to, to the truths of your word. There's something about revelational knowledge. It it transforms you. You become another man. Suddenly, you say, oh, is this what it is? Then then, that gives you strength to take a stand. You can't take a stand with head knowledge. The pressures of life is going to shake it. Shun.